appreciate that song and uh, man a song like that if we're not careful if those are just words and we miss the meaning and we've missed it all and uh, where would we be without him today and uh, I remember that time when I was lost but then he found me and uh, I'm thankful for that day that the Lord forgave me of my sin and uh, you know just as brother Kavanaugh was saying man, we've got something to be thankful for we've got something to be excited about and uh and if I get any dirty looks or I see any more, I'll just take my glasses off and then that way I won't be able to see you. But now I can see it. I can see everybody clear now, you know. And uh, so, but uh, I'm excited about being here tonight. Thankful for the opportunity to preach. And, uh, you know, it's always a good thing when pastor's away and you get to fill in for him. But uh, something I don't take lightly. But if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Philippians chapter 3 tonight. Philippians chapter 3. Not too long ago, in our Sunday school class, we did studies through the book of Philippians. And uh, we went through it verse by verse and just broke it down. And what a great book of the Bible it is. What an encouraging book that it is. And uh, so I hope that uh, the Lord will uh, use this tonight to be an encouragement to you. And... uh, But, you know, I want to start off by asking everyone a question tonight. And that question is, is there anybody here who wants to live a miserable life and not enjoy life at all, not enjoy the blessings that God has given us? You know, I'm waiting for the response because I might change my message if somebody says yes. I might change it to uh, lying or something. (laughs) You know, but that was the response that I was expecting that no one that would be their desire or that wouldn't be something that we're striving for. So if we don't want to live a miserable life, then that must mean that we all want to live a happy life, right? And enjoy the life that God's given us. But I think there's some things that we can do to help enjoy that. There's some things uh, that we can apply to our lives from the Word of God that I think will help us enjoy our Christian life. Man, the Christian life is the best life there is. And, uh, you know, people in the world, they think that uh, money or fame or fortune can give them happiness, but only true happiness comes from the Word of God and comes from God. And uh, we know the, the book of Philippians as the theme of joy and rejoicing. And, uh, man, as Christians, we have so much to be thankful for, so much to be joyful for. And, uh, oh, has God been good to us? And I know God has been uh, so good to me and, and more than, than I deserve. And, you know, when I hear a song saying like that, where would we be without Jesus? Or I hear a song about the old rugged cross. Or I hear a song about victory in Jesus. Or I hear a song about what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Those are some things that excite me as a Christian. Seeing over the past few weeks, 13 souls saved, that's something that excites me as a Christian. That God's uh, allowed us to be a part of that. That God would use somebody like me, someone like you, to go to take the Word of God and to give somebody that free gift of salvation. 
last night as I got to sit down with an 18-year-old man and take him through the gospel. Now, he didn't accept Christ last night as a Savior. He's got some questions, but God's working on him. God's working on him. And, and to get the opportunity to go, sit down with somebody and take him through the Word of God, and that's something that excites me. Seeing God fill up buses and seeing God work through people's life, which reminds me, I'm supposed to give you an update on that. <laughs> Everything went, uh, went well today. We had uh, six out of seven pass, and uh, we did have one that failed. But uh, we'll get that fixed and get that back on the road, and they'll come out, reinspect that. But uh, the Lord was good, and uh, like I said, six out of seven passed there. And uh, so praise the Lord for that, and we appreciate all your prayers um, for that. But, you know, seeing God work in other people's life excites me. Yeah. Seeing people willing to serve God, to step up to the plate. You know, we're seeing old men and, and women of God who are falling by the wayside because of health or passing on. And we need some people to step up, to carry on. It excites me to see somebody who's stepping up and allowing God to work in their life. Can somebody look at your life tonight, though, and see God working in you? Hey, can, can somebody look and say, man, they're an encouragement to me because I see their faithfulness. Hey, I see their faithfulness to God's house. I see their faithfulness in the Word of God. I, I see faithfulness in their ministry. You know, in Sunday school this last week, we talked about, is it a, a job or is it a ministry to you? Hey, there's a big difference when you break it down. Are we just giving God our leftovers or are we giving what He deserves? But man, as a Christian, there's some things that we have to be thankful for, be excited about. You know, in Philippians chapter 3, in verse 4, it says, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath thereof, he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless, but what things were gained to me, those I kind of lost for Christ. Hey, he's reminding them, hey, salvation doesn't come by our merit. Salvation doesn't come by our good works. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Right. Hey, that's something that we have to be thankful for tonight, our salvation. Tonight I want to look at just five keys that I think can help us as Christians have a happy life. You know, and I just thought about the sixth one, too. So I'll just go ahead and give that to you right now because it's not in my outline. But happy wife, happy life. Okay, so I'm just throwing that in there for number six, okay? I've heard that before, and I'm putting it into practice now. So but let's have a word of prayer, and uh, we'll get started tonight. Dear Father, Lord, we do just thank you for an opportunity to be in your house. God, as Christians, we have so many things to be thankful for, but yet so many times we take those things for granted. God, I pray that you would just help us tonight, Lord, that you would use your word in a powerful, mighty way. And God, will thank you and praise you for all you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Number one I see here, something that's going to help us have a happy life is a dissatisfaction. You think, what? We're talking about happy life. What do you mean a dissatisfaction? Isn't that something that... We shouldn't do, you know, that we should be content. We should be satisfied with the things that God has given us. And yes, that is true. We should be satisfied. And sometimes it's easy. We catch ourselves 
uh, thinking that, oh, we have to have this or that we deserve more, but that God has already blessed us. But what I'm talking tonight about is some things that in our life that shouldn't be there, that we shouldn't be satisfied with, that we should be dissatisfied. If you skip down to verse 12 uh, in Philippians 3 there, it says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after it that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. You know, I see here that we should be dissatisfied with sin in our life. And we should be dissatisfied with sin in our life. There, it ought to bother us deep down in our heart when we've got sin in our life. Hey, if we're able just to go throughout our day knowing that we've got sin in our life and it's okay, there's something that we need to evaluate. Hey, we know that God can't stand sin. Hey, sin is what breaks that fellowship between us and our Savior. Hey, but what are we going to do about it? Hey, let's get it right. Let's get it taken care of. Hey, we ought to have a dissatisfaction with sin in our life. You know, it said there in that verse, forgetting, uh, verse 13, it says, uh, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. Hey, there's some things behind us that we need to forget about. Hey, whether it's our past failures, hey, Satan will try to bring that up. He'll try to throw it in your face. Hey, but we need to forget those things. Hey, we need to be pressing forward. We need to be reaching for the things that are in front of us. You know, also, I think that there's for some of our past um, accomplishments, we have to forget about those. So what are you talking about? If we're not careful, I think as Christians, sometimes we're dissatisfied with what we've done in the past. Hey, we said, well, I've had my time of soul winning. I've had my time of serving in the ministry. So now I can just kind of to lay off. And, you know, as long as I don't forget about what I've done. Hey, but what are you doing now for God? Hey, there's never a time in our life where we mature so much as Christians that God says, okay, you've reached the point of, where you don't have to do any more, or you can't do more for me. So I think we have to be careful, not only with past failures, but in our past successes as well. You know, when there is, um, it's easy to become comfortable with ourselves sometimes. And we get comfortable with ourselves because we start looking around us. We say, well, you know, I'm better than them. Or, well, you know what they do, or what she does, or what he said, or... But the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that are commended themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Hey, the Bible says it's not wise. We're not supposed to be comparing ourselves to others, but there's only one that we're supposed to compare ourselves, and that's to the Lord Jesus Christ. And every time we do that, we're going to find that there's room for improvement. Hey, we're going to find that we're never going to meet up to God's standard because that's perfection. And that we're not going to get there, but we can keep striving for that. We should always be striving to do more for God. Hey, God wants us to live a happy life. God wants to bless us. But there are some conditions. There's some things that we have to decide, hey, I'm willing to give this up, or I'm willing to do this, whatever God has for me. It's not only, number one, do I see there's got to be a dissatisfaction with some things in our life, but number two, a devotion. A devotion. In verse 14, it says, I press toward the mark 
for the prize the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If we really desire a happy life through Christ, if we really desire a happy life through Christ, notice I said through Christ, not through the eyes of the world, not through the eyes of those who may be working beside us, who aren't thinking about eternal rewards, or aren't thinking about spiritual things, not in the eyes of the world, but if we want to see spiritual happiness, then we've got to be 100% committed to whatever God wants. Hey, we've got to be like the calves motto. We've got to be all in. Hey, it can't just be part of us. It can't be, well, I'm almost in. Hey, God says it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. We've got to have a devotion towards God. Hey, living for God shouldn't be something that we wake up in the morning and we say, well, you know what, God? I'm just not feeling it today. I'm just really not feeling it today, so maybe we'll try this tomorrow. You know, and you say, well, we would never come out and say that. We don't have to. Our actions do. Our actions do when we say, you know what, God? Your word's not that important to me today. I'm so busy. I got so much to do. But I'll get, I'll get with you tomorrow. Tomorrow. Then tomorrow turns into the next day and the next day. But aren't you thankful that God doesn't say, hey, you know what? I don't have time for you. Not today. Maybe come back tomorrow. Hey, I, I know that I said that you're not promised the next breath, but I'm just not feeling like saving you today. And aren't you thankful God doesn't work like us? That God is faithful no matter what. Hey, we're all guilty of it. I've been guilty of it. I know there's others that have been guilty. We, we all come to a point where we somewhat neglect God in our life. But He's standing there waiting for us to come back. You know, I know this is going to shock you. But there's even times when I wake up, I don't even feel like going to work. I say, man, you work at the church. You get paid by the church to do the things of God. And, and man, and I do. I've got the best job. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. But you know what? There's days where I just don't feel like going to work. So what do I do? I have my wife call in for me, tell them I'm sick. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> tell them I lost my voice so I can't talk. Have her call in. No, it's not what I do. Get up and go to work. Why? Because that's what I'm supposed to do. Hey, you know, but... It's why does it seem sometimes easier for us to get up and go to work instead of get up and go to church? Because, oh, I know what it is. Because when it comes to spiritual things, God understands, right? And he understands that if we just miss here or there. I mean, we're there like most of the time, right? Maybe we should have some devotion to God like we have devotion to the things of the world. You know, there's... uh, so many people are, man, they've got something that, man, they're just 100% on. Man, they're dedicated to it. They've got devotion to it. Hey, and those things aren't all wrong. Hey, it's good to, man, whatever you're doing, give it 100%. But when we're giving up the things of God to give 100% to something else, then that's where it starts to, to mess up because that's where it gets out of balance. It's where God loses that top priority, that preeminence that he's supposed to have in our life. You know, but uh, we need to have devotion to, to pleasing God and whatever He has for us. You know, it's not always 
going to be happy times. We can look at our prayer list tonight and go through a lot of names of people who aren't having happy times. But it's how, how do you respond to those? It's are you allowing God, God, I know this isn't a happy time or this isn't exactly what I would have ordered, but obviously you want this for me. Obviously you've got something in mind. It's a whole lot easier said than done. A whole lot easier said than done. But it's God that gives us the strength to go on. Hey, when we're relying on ourselves, that's when, that's when we fall short. Number three, I see direction. We need to have direction in our life. In verse 13, it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. I want to focus on the last part of this verse, and it says, And reaching forth unto those things which are before. Reaching forth for those things which are before us. You know, I reminded back when Brother Moon was here for the revival and how he talked about how our desires determine our decisions and our decisions determine our direction. And our direction determines our destination. So if we want to be going in good direction, then we've got to make good decisions, which means we've got to have good desires. You can go right back in reverse order as we did before. So we have to ask ourselves today, what are our desires? And what are our desires for our life? Is it to please self? I know I've been guilty of that so many times in my life. Hey, the first one I think of is me. When it should be, hey, my desire should be to please God, to do whatever God would have for me. You know, Paul says there, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Each and every one of us here tonight has a high calling from God on your life. Are you going to fulfill that high calling that God has for you? What are you pressing for today? Pastor's series that he's been doing, is it worldly riches or true riches? Eternal riches. We will never do great things for God if we're not headed in God's direction. You know, uh, we, we need to be, if we're not hitting Satan head on, then we're going the wrong direction. Hey, because if we're not hitting him head on, then we're going the same direction he is. You know, but as we battle against Satan, man, that ought to be an encouragement instead of discouragement because saying, you know what, I'm doing something right because he's not pleased with it. He's not happy about it. What direction is our life going? Like I said, hey, God, God can't use us if we're not on the same page as him. If we're not going in the same direction, if we're not yielded to Him, then He can't mold and make us to what He had for us. Number four, determination. Determination. Verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God's looking for someone today who's not going to just give up, who's not going to quit, the first time they stub their toe to say, if you know what I mean. Hey, as a Christian, there's going to be a lot of stubbing your toe along the way. But God's not looking for somebody who says, you know what, I just can't take it. He's looking for somebody that says, you know what, I'm determined. I'm determined. I'm not going to let anyone or anything stop me from serving God. From what God has for my life. 
You know, it's crazy to think of some of the reasons that people quit or give up on God. Not in the ministry today. The craziest reasons. I know you've heard them. I've heard them. Go around the room today and you could talk about different people that whether it was that I went to Bible college with that have nothing to do with God or nothing to do with church right now, but yet they said they were called of God. People that I've went to church with and have gotten offended, got upset over something, you said, you know what? It's not worth it anymore. And they turned their back on God. Hey, but God's looking for somebody that says, you know what? And I'm determined. And I'm not going to let something, something like that deter me from what God has for me. I'm pressing forward. And I'm going to take as many people with me as I can. Hey, we've got enough people that are around discouraging people and trying to, to get people to, to not be used to their, their fullest potential that God has for them. You know, Satan's got a ton of people that will try to hold you back. We need some more people that will push you along, that will encourage you. And we've been talking about some encouraging um, people in the Bible, going through and, and studying different people's life and talked about Barnabas, man, how he was an encourager from behind the scenes. Man, we'll never know how powerful. You know, but Barnabas, you know, the person that he had the most influence on their life? Paul. Paul, at his conversion, Barnabas was the one who stepped up and said, hey, you know what, give this guy a chance. Man, I can see a difference in him. Man, this is real. Barnabas put his reputation on the line to bring Saul, who would be now Paul, as we know, the New Testament here, Paul, the greatest missionary outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. He brought him into fellowship with the church there because he saw that the Lord had, had made a change in his life. But we don't, we, we look at more, you know, the people that had the, the lead role. We look at, like Paul, and all that God used him for, God used somebody to influence him. Hey, God can use us to influence somebody great like that. Barnabas gets a, a part of all of Paul's work there because he's following God, doing what he was supposed to do. God blessed him for that. You know, and... It's those times where you feel like there's nothing else that you can do but quit. You feel like you're, you're up against the wall and there's no other way that God says, hey, remember I told you I wouldn't give you anything too hard that you couldn't handle without me. Hey, there's nothing too hard for our God. See number five here. There must be discipline. There must be discipline in the Christian life if we want to have a happy life, if we want to be used by God. Look in verse 15, chapter 3 there, it says, Let us therefore as many as be perfect, be us minded, and if if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, hereto we have already attained. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk as ye have for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Hey, there's some people we need to watch out for, and there's some people that are great examples 
of the faith that we can follow after. But the Christian's got to have discipline in his life. You know, we can disqualify ourselves from being used of God. God doesn't desire that any of us be disqualified. But if we're not willing to follow after God's rules, God's law, we're taking ourselves out of the race. We're taking ourselves out of the straight, narrow path of a happy and successful Christian life because of the decisions we've made. Hey, it's just like, you know, I've talked to people, I'm sure you have out door knocking. And if there was a true God, then why would he send people to hell? God doesn't send people to hell. People send people to hell. They send yourself to hell by rejecting Christ. Hey, God didn't desire for anybody to have to go to hell. He doesn't send anybody. He gives everybody an opportunity, but it's them, the rejecting of it. But you know, if we're going to have discipline in our life, then that means there's going to have to be times where we tell the flesh no. You know, we have to die daily to the flesh. And we know as Paul gives us that illustration there, he says that even Paul was the chiefest of sinners, he said. Hey, man, where does that put me then? Way below Paul. Way below Paul. But God still used him. Mighty way, God can still use us. But hey, we're going to have to have some discipline in our life to say, you know what? The, the old flesh, the worldly things, the desires of the flesh, it's not worth it. It's not worth giving up and missing out on the blessings of God. It's just not worth it. Oh, Satan tries to tell you it is. He tries to paint the picture that it is, but it's not. You know, we also have to allow the Lord to discipline us and not get upset with him when he does it. Not get upset with him when he does it. You know, we know that he's doing it out of love. You know, the Bible says that, uh, just as Pastor preached the other night, that if we love our children, we won't spare the rod. Because if we spare the rod, we hate our children. Hey, God loves us. That's why God doesn't spare the rod. That's why God has to discipline us, because he loves us. But it's so easy to, to get upset at God, to blame God for what's going on or for things that we're dealing with. But remember that he's doing it out of love. Remember how many times we disappoint God. How many times that we turn our back on God or that we're guilty of spitting in God's face, really. You know, you think of those nail-pierced hands, and I helped drive those in. He died on that cross for my sins. He knew that uh, he knew me before I was even thought of, could even be thought of. But he did it out of love. You know, as Brother Earl Ankrum said, and I hope this just doesn't become words to us. I hope the, the word of God, the principles of God, I hope the, the hymns that we sing, man, are just not words. But that we take the time and, and to meditate and think about all that God's done. All that God sacrificed for me, for you. You know, the disciples didn't think that they would turn their back on God. Peter said, I'd never deny you. We all find ourselves there. But God still went. God was still willing. You know, I hope and trust 
that each and every one of our desires tonight is to live a happy life. But there's going to be some things that we have to, decisions we have to make to determine that. Hey, we've got to strive for that. We've got to be willing to surrender to what the Lord has. We've got to learn to be dissatisfied with some things in our life. Hey, maybe there's, maybe there's been a time in your past where you've been on more fire for God than you are now. Hey, we should be dissatisfied where we are and, and always wanting to abound more and to relight that fire and do more for God. Be a better witness. Be all that God intended for us to be. Allowing the Holy Spirit to use us. You know, the um, I'll be honest with you here. This is probably the last month or so. And the Lord's just really been working. And, and it's probably the closest that I've ever been to the Lord. To my shame. But I'm thankful now. But you know what? I look back. Man. All I missed out on. And God is so good. And God wants to do so much with our lives. But we're too selfish. I finally just gave up some things of flesh and, and got some things that, you know, it's just not worth it. Man, just don't be so lazy. You know, I had to, to not be so lazy. I had to just give up some time. Give up some things and... God says, you're not going to regret it. You're not going to regret it. And man, when I hear those songs singing, man, when I see get to read my Bible and see, man, they got, that was for me. And the other day, he just nailed me to the wall. And I thought, man, glad I didn't skip out on that today because although it kind of hurt, I really needed it. But you know, it's funny how it's the little things that if we'll just empty ourselves, allow the Holy Spirit to work, move in our life, and He'll do great things. But we can't come, we can't be content with where we are. We can't be content with past successes. We got to say, God, I, I need you more now than ever. Hey, I want you to fill me more now than ever. Hey, we've got to have some devotion to God. Hey, it may, it may be giving up some other things. But you're not going to regret it. You're not going to regret giving up things and saying, God, I'm setting aside more time for you. I'm, I'm giving you more of me. It's definitely going to take some more determination. Saying, God, whatever the cost. Hey, but I hope if we make these commitments to God that we're willing to, to follow through with them. Because a lot of commitments are made, but then we just forget about them. We just walk away from it. It's going to take us going in the right direction. It's going to be a lot of people that try to get us off track. And when God called me to preach, man, I thought everybody in the world would be excited for me. But I had some relatives, not close relatives, but distant relatives that, what are you doing? You're not going to make any money. You're not going to, how are you going to, how are you going to do this? Hey, if it's for the money, I know. 
no, I'm in the wrong field for that. It's not for the money. And I tell you what, God is going to bless me for obeying him more than he would bless me in any other job. There was. Hey, but can't let that slow you down. Because there was a lot of people that was happy for me. There was a lot of people that were encouraged me. But even if there wasn't anyone else, the Lord says, this is what I want for you. And he says, I'll be with you. I'll be encouraging you. Lean on me. Don't worry. Don't, don't count on everybody else to make you through because they're going to fail you. But count on me. And then it's going to take some, some discipline. Hey, this is where it, it gets a little hard. We've got to put it to action. We've got to be able to tell ourselves no. And sometimes we need to tell ourselves yes. Because, you know, we hear that small, still voice says, hey, you need to be doing this. Hey, you need to go talk to that person. We say, uh-uh. No, God, I can't. I can't do it. I, I can't do that. He goes, yes, you can. Just trust me. So will you, will you trust him tonight? Will you, will you say, God, I'm, I'm all yours? Tell you, you won't have a happier life than serving God with all your life. Let's pray.